Suzanne is frustrated. She writes, I have been struggling with binging and overeating for about a year and a half, which is likely caused by or exacerbated by my history of anorexia nervosa and the stress of being in grad school for the past two years. The behavior and the fact that I've gained a lot of weight is very distressing, and I'm frustrated that I haven't been able to change my behavior. From your podcast, my own education, and talking to a therapist, I feel like I know what to do, but I just can't seem to get myself to do it. I've written down situations which trigger binge eating, and I've come up with activities to do when setting a delay timer, but most of the time I just choose not to. Do you have any suggestions on how to get myself to actually do it? Thanks for reading. I know you're super busy, but if you have a chance to give me any pointers, I'd really appreciate it. Suzanne. Suzanne, getting ourselves to do those alternative behaviors is where the real battle is. You're not alone in finding some blocks there, and I have some ideas for things you can apply. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. I asked Suzanne to write down and send me her list of activities, as well as the situations which have triggered binge eating in the past. I also asked, what thoughts do you have when those situations actually arise? It's important to know this because I want to really imagine clearly what is happening in her and around her in the moments that she wants to behave differently, i.e. do something on the list as opposed to eating. This is a helpful practice to go through whether your difficulty is with binge eating or emotional eating or a different behavior that you simply want to stop. First, generating alternatives is key, but second, we have to go through some steps to get ourselves to do the alternatives. She wrote back, I mostly struggle with eating when I'm bored, when studying, or when I'm generally alone at home. Sometimes these also include feeling anxious or restless. I try to talk myself out of it by thinking about how eating won't help how I'm feeling and will actually make me feel worse but I usually just don't feel like doing an alternate activity, and it seems like it will require too much effort. Especially during my downtime, which is when I'm bored, I rationalize it by thinking that I don't feel like I should have to exert effort because this is a time I should be able to enjoy. I'm so busy most other times. Her list of activities includes going for a walk or a run, studying at the library instead of at home, listening to music, coloring, working on a puzzle, or organizing a drawer or closet. She also added, sometimes reading a book will help, but I often snack while reading, so that can be risky. Looking at Suzanne's list, I'm glad to see that she has a variety of options. It's definitely necessary to include some zero to very little energy options, because some nights or days you're going to feel low energy. We wouldn't want to have an alternatives list that looked like step class, running, boxing, or going to the gym. Way too high energy, and a lot of times, you're just not going to be in a state where those things feel feasible. Suzanne has done a great job here. She has reading, listening to music, coloring, and working on a puzzle. All these are very good options. You might want to put some of them on your own list. You could also add watch TV or Netflix, listen to a guided meditation, stretch, or heck, just lie on the bed or the couch. All of these are good options. Also, make sure that you have pleasurable or fun options, 
not just tasks or productive things. In fact, I'd prefer that everything on your list feels like something you like doing, not something you think you should or have to do. If the book that you're reading is some dry nonfiction volume you only bought for practical reasons, or worse yet, for school, it's not going to stand a very good chance of being chosen when it comes down to choosing candy or the book. Get a book that's fun. You may even set a particularly juicy book aside for just such moments. I noticed that Suzanne said she thinks, I don't feel like doing any of those activities. This is common. In the moment, I would fully anticipate that eating is going to feel like the most desirable thing, but that you'll have to override that impulse by reminding yourself that there are costs to reinforcing the behavior of turning to food. Maybe food seems like it's going to be the most fun, but doing your number two pick could be worth it to save yourself from guilt, indigestion, and possible health impacts of binge eating. The costs of compulsive eating are typically far higher than anything else you have on your list. When I think about Suzanne's situations in which she feels tempted to binge, I notice that she feels like she shouldn't have to put in effort because it's during her downtime. This is another type of sabotaging thought that I see relatively frequently with my clients. If this thought comes up for you, I would suggest seeing your binge eating and the recovery process as something you are willing to put a little effort into if you want to change. There's a lot of rewards to changing, right? Maybe it's worth putting in a little effort. And that little bit of effort is key because putting in zero effort gets you nowhere. So maybe bargain with yourself to find a little willingness, bearing in mind you are the one who reaps the rewards here. Sure, you're tired, so do something slow and gentle. You might practice reading or watching a video for five minutes without eating, and then go eat. Setting a timer and delaying for five minutes is a thing to be proud of, even if you don't hold out for 20, 30, or more minutes. It's helping make you stronger. Maybe you're only willing to do one minute. Okay, work with it. Do one minute of delay. Putting in any non-zero level of effort begins to change the process. Also, if you're getting to the very end of your day and you are in total it mode, it's typically a sign that you're imbalanced by giving too much during the day. If you don't let yourself rest until that late hour when everything feels like it's done, you're creating the situation over and over in which you're going to have a much harder time accessing your rational mind. Instead, consider exhausting yourself a little less by taking a pause here and there during the day. That way you won't reach the end of the day too spent to care about your own well-being and happiness. You are going to have to put some effort into your healing journey. I wouldn't be honest if I said otherwise. Effortless change is not an option. But it is possible to make a lot of progress just by putting in some effort at key times. You might look inside and discover you are willing to put in a little effort, just not a lot of effort right now. And you can work with that little bit. There might be some fear that you need to push aside, but usually there is a little willingness in there. You may also need to work around some resentment. After all, a sense of entitlement is the natural flip side to feeling deprived or unfairly drawn upon. 
If you're harboring frustration over your relationship, your family dynamics, your job, your school, or anything else, it's easy for that to bubble up in feeling entitled to binge eat. Of course, it's a lot easier said than done, but just bear this in mind. You might feel like you are able to access a bit more willingness to try if you can resolve some of the anger or resentment occurring elsewhere in your life. I adore all of you. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks, Suzanne, for writing in. I hope you're doing well with some of these ideas. 